Welcome to the Parent Guide to GCC podcast, episode number 13. Today's guest is Jonathan Lewis, who is the Service Director for Education at Cambridge County Council and Peterborough City Council. Right, Jonathan, thank you very much for joining us uh, today. Um, we have so many questions and hopefully uh, we can get some answers for our parents out there um, to do with, and obviously we're recording this at the time of the coronavirus pandemic, so that's um, just to uh, let everyone know if they're listening to this a little bit later. But um, I dare say you have been, uh, thank you for joining us, by the way, but I dare say you've been a very, very busy man. It's been, um, yeah, it's been quite an experience, actually. So uh, uh, I was talking to our chief exec the other day and um, we've had one day off uh, since this all started. So that includes bank holidays and everything. But um, actually, it's been a, been a really interesting experience because we've been on a, a real roller coaster and um, new guidance comes out. You know, we, we, we meet with heads, we talk to our staff. and. Um, Actually, it's brought people together, a real sense of camaraderie around you know, trying to keep education on track, uh, getting this ready. And we're kind of coming towards the end now of the, uh, a phase and there'll be another one to come yet. But it's been, it's been an interesting experience all around, really. So. I'll bet. What, I mean, for you, what's your biggest challenge that you've had over this period? Um, I, th- I think it's been the lack of government guidance we've had, actually. So um, I, I see my role in the local authority has been one of trying to bring people together. Um, you know, we, we've got bits of information here and there. Let's do something sensible. You know, obviously safety has to be top of everything we've absolutely had to do. Um, and, you know, that interpretation, that uh, synthesis of what we do and don't know, you know, some good solid thinking. Um, I think that's that's been one of the strengths, actually, is that the way it's brought people together uh, in the education sector has been amazing. So you know, I've, I've met with the uh, Academy Trust CEOs, um, pretty much, uh, you know, twice a week since this started. You know, we've all agreed, we've all put, you know, the children of Cambridge and Peterborough you know, sort of at the heart of what we do. And we've, we've, we've tried to, you know, really make things work the best we can. And, you know, it's been tough. And you know, I'm sure some of the parents listening to this, you know, have had different experiences. But actually what we've tried to do is share things, work together and, you know, really uh, collaborate because it's got to be good for children. If we get it right, it's all the better. I mean, it must be nice to be able to take the politics out of it and just put the children first, because I dare say some of the guidance does have a little bit of political spin on it. Yeah, and that's that's been one of the challenges. So we, we've we've questioned many times, you know, how how much of this is driven by the Department for Education, how much is this is driven by you know a bigger factor. You know, and, and let's be honest, you know, economic considerations are always going to come into uh, something as big as this, but. And actually, what we've done locally is we, we, we've, not, we've not played that game in lots of ways. We, you know, we, I, I, I wouldn't, you know, I used to work for the Department for Education. I know how difficult their role is. Uh, and actually, you know, what we've tried to do instead is, is, is find ways to, to work around that. You know, it, it, education shouldn't be a political issue. Uh, it ne- never has been. Actually, it's, it's about what's doing right. And, um, you know, I think the one focus that we're going to continue to fo- uh, look to now is that, you know, education is all about transition, actually. It's all about getting children ready to be adults. Uh, and, you know, if we ever lose that, well, we haven't done our jobs, have we? So, um, you know, yes, different scenario. Yes, different context. Um, yeah, we're going to have a really challenging 12, 18 months coming up. But actually, the focus should be on what happens to children as they move on the next stage of their education or into employment. There's lots of nodding going on here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things we've we've found parents have said a lot and, and we've been been reading online and things is the public perception in some cases largely caused by media reports is that teachers have just had four months off and now they're going to get a summer holiday and isn't it all lovely and some of the the headlines that have come out have been 
incredibly frustrating and misleading. Uh, I'm thinking of things like I read in an article yesterday how a certain percentage of schools aren't even doing online classes when really that's probably due to the fact that the parents and the children just don't have access to online and so they're setting their work in a different way but I think teachers are getting a, a fairly good bashing and um, what's what's your experience of the school sector and, and teachers in particular and how they've been working to support kids over over this kind of pandemic I suppose uh, it, interesting one really because um you know education is so cyclical you know you do the same things you know yes you, you teach different things at different times but actually it's a cycle you know it's a, it's a 12 month window you go through and at this time of year you would be probably for secondary teachers getting ready for the next term you know there'll be all sorts of work still going on and planning wise that's completely gone out of the the, 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 the the norm you know nothing is the same from one day to the next and i think it's hard for people to adjust to that as it is for people being in lockdown you know our, our teachers have have gone into school you know we we, we in cambridge and peter our numbers have been incredibly high throughout you know we always aim to do what the best we could you know delivering teaching at home is very different than uh, delivering in the classroom very much so. You know, there, there has been a huge amount of investment into resources. You know, there's that we are contacting those parents that need contacting very regularly. You know, there is an element and degree of, you know, complying with government uh, guidelines. So we've just been through the whole GCSE results. You know, what do we submit? How do we work it out? You know, the justification behind that, the evidence. Um, you know, uh, teachers uh, have worked endlessly. You know, it's, it's, it's been really tough. I, I do have to say that head teachers in particular, you know, the call on them has been uh, massive, really. And, um, you know, we've opened every holiday. You know, there's been an element of everything going on. We opened all Easter. We've opened bank holidays. You know, pe people have worked hard and they are very, very tired, as I am. Um, but actually, you know, we're, we're all focused on one thing, and that's, that's getting children back into school now. Uh, and, you know, the meeting I've just held with 300 heads was all about what, what do we need to do to make September as smooth as it can possibly be uh, and and not fall into the trap that's been out there about let's start teaching English and maths because that's all we should be doing. No, children need to go back and love school again. Um, you know, and I can give the experience. My daughter's in year ten; she's just gone back to school, and uh, she loves it. She's loved going back, and uh, you know, that just shows the role we play and how important school is. And those teachers have tried to keep that going at a distance, and that's hard work uh, and reaching out and doing things differently. And you know, even, you know, teachers aren't familiar with working at home. It doesn't happen. They don't do it. So, you know, a skill that I'm not very good at working at home myself, at least I've had experience of doing it. Lots haven't. So they've had to learn a whole new way of working and you know, great credit to them for the work they've done uh, in the last uh, four months uh, to, to, to keep them on track and you know, a lot more work still to come. Absolutely. Can I just ask though, with uh, September in mind, what is your biggest concern about the September start? Um, I think it's probably around the things that we don't know you know how are children going to be ready for learning you know you know i'd encourage parents you know get sleep patterns right you know get children to reflect on what they've learned so far you know don't be afraid to, to to pick up your books and have a look through them you know when we come to september there will be lots of pastoral support schools are very minded that children will come in you know yes behaviors will be challenging you know there will need to be a period of adjustment but we just don't know what that's going to look like at the moment you know, what we have learned from the children that have been into reception year one, year six, year 10 and year 12 is that actually children have adjusted well. You know, they're very resilient children. We don't often give them the credit for that, um, but they are. But there will be a group of children that will need more help. You know, there will be anxiety. There will be stress related to it. 
you know, that, that stepping in into the new term is going to be really key. And, you know, parents really need to talk to their children about it, uh, offer support. There's lots of information out there uh, about, you know, that sort of uh, adjusting to change. Uh, and, you know, we, we will do everything we can in schools to support uh, parents with that. Yeah, because that, um, that's, I think, our biggest concern, practicalities wise, logistics and things, but um, just that being able to settle back in. So our daughter is in year six. She's obviously about to therefore start her secondary school career and she's not been able to do any of the transitions. So she's more nervous than she would have been, I think, because she's not had the chance to kind of go in and look around and, and be be a student for a while and so I know there are a lot of parents that are that are worried about that but I also know how hard schools will be working to make sure that that is as comfortable an experience for kids as possible because yeah for some of them it's it have been what six months Mm. away from the school situation even if they have been learning at home and getting back into classroom versus working from home it's just as challenging for the teachers as it is for the kids and uh, yeah mm. it's it's going to be an interesting one but um yeah, yeah. and 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 thoughts about that just to reassure everyone you know we, we haven't been able to do what we normally do you know the the virtual tours are great you know uh, zoom meetings with parents and all those it's not the same so everyone is going to have to start that transition just later so there will be a period of catch up there will be you know some adjusting you know schools will be very mindful of that you know, you might see a slightly different start to the year. I don't know yet, but there will be, there might be just year seven in by themselves to start off with. Uh, it might be the reception children just start by themselves. You know, schools are coming up with individual plans. That's what we've just been talking about. You know, guidance has come out really late. So we've only got the guidance last week on how to open. But, you know, we were kind of ahead of that anyway. But we're now putting in plans place. So there will be good communication coming from, uh, from schools. I've, I've reminded them this morning that they must communicate to parents uh in some detail about what it means we'll sort the logistical things out so things like buses and you know the, uh, the way children come into school all that that will be thought about we may not have the answers right now but we will get that already uh, and and children will give be given time to settle they, they're going to have to they're going to have to get get used to being back in in that mode and to you know particularly sharing my experience with my son getting sleep uh, back together is going to be really key for him <laughs> yes, yes i think that's the case for a lot of, of the teenagers yep <laughs> i mean emily emily talked about how uh, some media outlets have suggested that teachers aren't working as hard as they could be i dare say there's a very long summer ahead for anyone involved in education to uh, iron out the issues ahead of september because the guidance is one thing but putting it into some sort of mm context that's going to work is going to be really challenging yeah i think if you're as a parent and you're you're not familiar with the process of schools you you don't understand that timetabling would will have been going on for months under normal circumstances to get everything ready logistics wise for september but with this with bubbles with everything to ask schools to put that together in what two and a half weeks was it when you got the guidance considering that teachers and head teachers and so on aren't paid over the summer holidays it is uh, all kind of prorated across the year but that's not part of their normal working time but i don't think they're going to be able to get away with not doing anything given two and a half weeks to sort all of this out <laughs> and obviously things like you know you'd normally progress the curriculum would be set according to the age group it's, it's all gone they're going to have to rework curriculum to work out where children are so you know there'll probably be some baselining of what children do and don't know and then they'll have to adjust. So you know, the, the guidance suggests, you know, a period of up till the summer term next year, summer 2021, might be an interim arrangement. So you might see some very different offer 
uh, to what you normally do to make sure we can catch children up. Um, and there's going to be some programs come down that will change that as well. So there's there's just been launched a, a national national tutoring uh, uh, program uh, to support children to catch up. And we don't have any details on that yet, even. Um, but we we expect that to be available for the autumn, which would be great. It will really help some children to to accelerate their learning. But at the moment, it's all planning. We're trying to work it out as we go, and people will be full of it throughout the summer. Uh, and it will be a very intense start in September for, for teachers. And, you know, I say again, I, I think they've been magnificent and really gone above and beyond in Cambridge and Peterborough to, to really make this work for everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, there's um, a lot of rumours uh, flying around. One of them is about GCSEs being uh, or starting later next summer. Is there any substance to that or? Um, there's a there's an Ofqual uh, consultation has just started about how best to support those children, so it's those current year tens moving through to year elevens. Um, media speculation around are the exams happening in July? Uh, I've seen something today that suggests June. Uh, I think the trade unions are quite animated in terms of what is reasonable and what can be expected. Um, I think we need to bear in mind that these 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 children would have lost a lot of contact time with teachers. You know, and actually, if there is the ability to be flexible and catch up, uh, I'd very much welcome that. The problem is, is the knock-on implications. So if you if you sit in an exam in July, uh, there's an extra bit of contact time in schools. You know, most timetables are worked out. So those teachers that teach year 11 then go off and do support for other year groups or plan for the next year and they won't be able to do that. Uh, likewise, you know, the logistics of managing exams at a different time of year is going to be challenging. Uh, and then obviously the knock-on implication around marking exams, uh, students accessing courses, moving on to six form colleges, on into university means that there isn't a huge amount of time. So uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, hope, I'm hoping they will extend the teaching window and push the exams back somewhat, but they can't go too far back. Uh, and, you know, we wait and see what Ofqual do in terms of their uh, consultation that's, that's just, just been launched. Yeah, we are encouraging parents to make sure that they get in and have a say in that because obviously they're also major stakeholders in in this. Um, my my practical concern was the hall in the summer. By the time it gets really hot, it's in, not any school be fun. Ha- a hall anywhere, they're all the same. Because you know, yeah, we don't I've, do I've never been in the air conditioned school hall yet, so mm-hmm. um, you know, so yeah, that that will be challenged. You know, and and, and there's 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 a, there is you know. How do we get exam invigilators? They're not always available at certain times, you know, or, you know, it sounds great in theory, but actually it's such a, a complex process. You know, teachers mark the, 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 the exams, you know, are they going to be available if that, that exam comes, papers come through to them and it's end of August, early September? You know, there, there's a huge amount of thinking to do yet. But, you know, important that parents do respond because, you know, everyone will have a view from their own child, like I have in my year 10 at the moment. You know, what's best for her? I'd like her to do more contact time. You know, I'd like her to have more time in school with her teachers to catch up. Um, and, you know, that, that, but that will mean challenges in terms of how we deliver. Yeah, it was, it was another one of those announcements that I've now come to dread where I listen to Gavin Williamson and think, have you talked to any teachers about <laughs> this yet? Because I'm, I'm seeing some challenges already. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's been it's been frustrating because I, I can't even imagine how difficult a job you have that the Department for Education in general has trying to get all of this stuff sorted out logistically with so few certainties at the moment. 
but um, it is fantastic that they are going back, that they are able to go back and, and access school again. And I'm really pleased that he's talking more about the, the broad and balanced curriculum rather than, as you said, the kind of narrowing down to maths and English. Because I know as an ex-head of maths, that would mean lots of PE teachers teaching maths lessons because kids have been taken out of PE and so on. So, um, I, I mean talking about the newspapers again there was yet another rumor mum forwarded me an email this morning like oh have you seen this article and they're talking about how private schools won't narrow the curriculum All that, yeah. but yeah but state schools yes that it'll be like five GCSEs and and that's it and it's one of those things where I'm thinking how many sources can you possibly have for that how can you know this why would you scare parents with it and teachers because it's uh somewhat unhelpful so in in terms of the challenges that you're facing how how much time are you spending having to deal with irate people who have heard rumors and are up in arms about it um i I think probably second guessing government guidance if that's probably a nicer way of putting it um it's taking all our time you know we we just answer questions uh, constantly from head teachers. So just had a look at our mailbox earlier. We have a shared mailbox where these queries come in. We've responded to 2,000 emails uh, since this has come through. So all up, you know, we produce a, a, a detailed pack of information. You know, I brief councillors. You know, we write briefing papers for governors. You know, we are constantly interpreting, uh, trying to appease. You know, uh, listening to people. You know, I, I meet with the Department for Education twice a week, and um, it is literally me saying. Need an answer to this. Need an answer to that. Need an answer to this. What do you think about that? I think you should be doing this. We should be doing that. You know, I've, I've yet to get Boris to acknowledge me in one of his speeches, but I asked that very regularly as well, just to, <laughs> to, to put your hands up and say, "Come on, let's let's recognise the, the local area." So, no, it's it's it, it's been pretty much that. We I haven't done any business as usual work really since this started. You know, it's been you know long days, long hours. You know, I I because I, I believe my role fits in with head teachers, so. Every, every bank holiday I've been in, you know, we have to provide that support throughout. Uh, and, and most of it is about reassurance, actually. Most of it is about getting people not to panic, get upset. You know, the stress and anxiety in that workforce is huge at the moment. You know, there's a whole issue about safety. Um, you know, we've, been, we've handled that really well. I'm really positive about the way risk assessments were done. You know, we've, we've done appropriate measures and worked it through. But it's still a workforce under stress. You know, we haven't had all our teachers in. There are teachers that haven't been anywhere near school because they're on the shielding list uh, and haven't been able to come in. So we're going to have to, you know, continue to, to adapt to what changes uh, and provide as much support as we can, you know, both pastorally to our, our, our children as they come back in, but equally to our staff because, you know, they've had a really tough time too. Just a quick thought about, about bubbles, which are obviously uh, in the news at the moment. When it comes to vertical tutoring, does that mean that can't happen because... Bubbles have to be kept in year groups, or yeah, um, we, we've again. This is one of the questions I've already put off to the DFE. Uh, essentially, in the spirit of the guidance, no, because uh, uh, you you couldn't deliver the, the board and balance curriculum um, and have a, a a mixing of year groups. It's really really tough to do that. So um, you know, we we are allowed large bubbles. Bubbles don't aren't restricted to thirty. You know, there's talk of a, a year group could have three hundred people. Well, we've got you know, secondary schools with three sixty in it. Uh, in, in a bubble but if you're then mixing your groups across that through the vertical tutoring it's going to be really tough so there is going to have to be some compromise around the way schools work and operate 
Um, you know, at the moment, the guidance is always vague. So that's where we, we seek clarity, we update, uh, we work our way through. But I think the vertical tutor group model is going to be one that's going to be incredibly hard to deliver. Um, as, as is the before and after school club model as well. That's another hard one to do. Uh, and all the extended summer activities. It's, it's hard to have an arrangement with bubbles that suddenly then, you know, you change the children in it. It just isn't going to work. The good thing about the guidance that has come out now is there's more flexibility with adults. So adults can cross across bubbles. Originally, they couldn't. There's now the ability to do that, providing they can socially distance. So are you suggesting that guidance comes out and then about a minute later, more guidance comes out to clarify? Or No, no. Let's not get too political. Um, and yeah. I, I, reckon, I reckon I average a day from the Department for Education to, to give us information about what's going on. It must be at least 10 a day. Wow. I guess uh, the overriding message that we've been trying to pass along that I would imagine you'd agree with to parents is we know that you don't know some things. We know there is a lot still up in the air, but you have to trust that schools and teachers are working their socks off to make sure that this works as best it possibly can. And you've just got to give them a chance to get it sorted out because they've not had time yet. And uh, so save the questions, trust that they're doing all the right things. And they will let you know as soon as they actually have answers themselves. And uh, it will all work out in September. Hmm. But hope. at the same time, but parents yeah. have a huge role to play to get their hmm. children ready for September because that six months off, as we've off, using the term loosely, yeah. um, is, is going to take quite a lot of adjustment. So. Yes, I think uh, lots of parents have a newfound appreciation for teachers and their levels of patience following <laughs> homeschooling. I know we do, and we were teachers. So <laughs> it's so much harder when it's your own child, it turns out. Yeah. Well, I, th I think just, just on that, I think, uh, you know, thank you to parents. I think they've been absolutely brilliant. You know, to, 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 to try and work and teach at home is, you know, that quite exceptional thing. Um, you know, you, you've, you've, you've listened to, to your children. You, you know, you're working hard to do the very best for them. You know, us in education, we, we, we're here for children. You know, that's our job. You know, no, no, nobody will want a child not to succeed. And, you know, we will all want them to, to leave school with exactly what they would have got, regardless of this. So I, I think in terms of effort and commitment, you know, I ask that parents continue to support their children uh, now for the next 18 months. And, you know, if you can do a bit more with them, if you can read to them, if you can support them with the learning, great. But we will do everything we possibly can to, to, to make sure children catch up as well. Because ultimately, again, you know, our role is transition. You know, if we can make children uh, succeed in life, that, that's, that's what we're here to do. So, you know, I think that's what you'll see. And, uh, you know, it will be a roller coaster. I've got no doubt about that. But communication will be absolutely key. And I, every time I speak to head teachers, I reiterate to them how important uh, positive, regular communication is to, is to parents. Absolutely. I mean, from our point of view, um, with the schools where our children go to, they've been absolutely brilliant um, yeah. first rate. The way the emails are being pitched, particularly from our daughter's school, um, it's just hit the nail on the head every time. Just been very, very impressed with you know, communicating the issues, but also putting our minds at rest. So yeah. um, hope, I'm sure many, most schools are like that. Yes, we'll, we'll even give a shout out to Mr. Erdley because we can do that without <laughs> and naming names of schools and things. He's been superb. Um, I will let Mr. Erdley know you've mentioned him. <laughs> well, I think I, I think that was all the questions we had. We didn't want to interrogate you too much because, <laughs> you know, your time is incredibly precious and you have other very important things to be doing. Is there anything else that you particularly want parents to know that we can support schools with at all? 
Um, no, I don't think so. Um, I, th I think um, one thing schools have been asked to do is continue to offer remote learning. You know, so I think it's it's perfectly reasonable for schools to request uh, parents to request that schools continue to help through that route, and it's worth keeping an eye on all the the, the information. You know, I'm sure you've you've, you've publicised it. The Oak Academy, uh, I think, is a is a really positive step forward. I think there's lots of work still to do on it, um, but there's lots of opportunities out there. Uh, and on the Cambridge and Peterborough website, we've got our own home learning uh, page there. Go and have a look. There's a huge amount of resources that we put together. Uh, and it's always helpful to give children a, a little bit more. Uh, if you can, can do that, that would be much appreciated. But again, I reiterate my message. I think parents have been amazing uh, throughout this. And, uh, you know, we will we will repay that, uh, uh, that that kind support you've given through the work that will catch up. And I'm, I'm very confident children will get back to where, where they need to be uh, in, in as quickly a time as we possibly can. Fabulous. Thank, Thank you, you very much very for your time. Much. We are very grateful. That's great. Cheers. Thank you very much for listening to the Parent Guide to GCSE podcast. If you would like more information on how you can support your child through their exams, head over to parentguidetogcse.com or parentguidetopost16.com. Alternatively, you can grab the GCSE Survival Guide for Parents, which is now available on Kindle or paperback from Amazon.